Hey everyone, my name is Kurt Gray, and welcome to the Toya Christian Fellowship Podcast. To give online, see upcoming events, or see our service times, please visit our website at tcf.church. Bow your heads with me, and we're going to pray really quick. Heavenly Father, we come to you right now in the name of Jesus, and Father, I pray that as I speak, that you speak through me. Father, I pray that you're, you would... Open our ears and open our hearts for you, Father, that we would hear what you have uh, for us to hear this morning. Father, I thank you that you've given me a word. We pray for peace. We come against distraction in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen, amen. All right. Hey, what we're going to be talking about is we're continuing our series on the God of miracles. And uh, pastor's been teaching on this. And, and when we very first started this, uh, he asked me if I would take a week. And I don't know, I'm, I'm a little anxious, I guess because it's so good. So I, I, I want you to, you know, last week, pastor's message was absolutely incredible. How many of you were here last week? All right, if your hand did not go up, you need to get on the podcast and you need to listen to the message because it's absolutely incredible uh, about being in the fire with God and how the fire on the inside needs to be hotter than the fire on the outside. And so we're going to continue with miracles. How many of you have ever thought, I wish I could see into the future? Uh, maybe even like a few months, you know, maybe, hey, God, I would just let me see two or three, you know, maybe if you had a little crystal ball, you know, in your cabinet, you pull it out, you rub it with something and, and you get a little, you know, a little view, maybe like even, maybe even like some years down the road, like, God, let me see two, three years down the road. I just want to peek, you know, maybe like into a window. I want to look through a window and I want to see what my life is like, you know, and you're afraid that you're going to peek through the window and you're going to be like, my boss didn't give me that raise. He said I was, you know, right. You know, this didn't happen. That didn't happen. I knew this wasn't going to happen God, please just let me see. Show me how you're going to do this, right? And and you think, God, I need a miracle, and I want you to show me how you're going to do the miracle, right? Just let me peek through a window. Just give me a vision. Just open my eyes, open my ears, and God, just show me, right? We've all been there. I've been there, and I want to read you a story. We're going to start in John uh, chapter 9. This is 1 through 12. And Jesus was walking along. He saw a man who had been blind from birth. Now, I want you to understand that he has been blind from birth. This man was born blind. Rabbi, his disciples asked him, which means teacher, why was the man born blind? Was it because of his own sins or his parents' sins, right? The disciples, they get all judgmental real quick, right? You know, they're like, why did this happen? Is it because of his sins? Well, he was born that way, so I doubt he sinned in his mother's womb, right? We can probably check that off. Or because of his parents' sin. Listen to what Jesus says. Uh, he says, it was not because of his sins or his parents' sins, Jesus answered. This happened so the power of God could be seen through him. All right, verse 4, we must quickly carry out the tasks assigned us by the one who sent us. The night is coming, and then no one can work. But while I'm here in this world, I am the light of the world. Then he, Jesus, spit on the ground, made mud with his saliva, and spread the mud over the blind man's eyes. He told him, go wash yourself in the pool of Siloam. Siloam means scent. So the man, so the man went and washed and came back seeing 
His neighbors and others who knew him as a blind beggar asked each other, isn't this the man who used to sit and beg? Some said he was. Others said, no, it just looks like him. But the beggar kept saying, yes, I am the same one. They asked, who healed you? What happened? He told them the man they called Jesus made mud, spread it over my eyes and told me, go to the pool of Siloam and wash yourself. So I went and washed and now I can see. Where is he now, they asked. I don't know, he replied. Do you know that all through the Bible, every miracle recorded by Jesus, he never did a miracle the same way? He never did that again. That's recorded. Every miracle that you could read, that you can look up on the Bible, that you could Google all of Jesus' miracles, none of them are identical. Every single miracle was different. You need to be careful that you don't look at people around you and say, God, do that in my life. Right? God, do that. I've seen what you've done over here. Now, God, do that for me. Because every miracle is different. God has a miracle that is just for you. That is just for your situation. we, We saw God, we saw Jesus on the earth heal people by speaking. The woman with the issue of blood was healed by touching him. Right, so, so why did Jesus go to all the trouble to spit on the ground, stir up mud, take it, rub it on his eyes, and then say, now go wash yourself. Go wash yourself off in a pool so that you can be healed, right? I think that there's a valuable uh, lesson and a valuable story and a valuable life lesson that we can live by through this story. Number one, miracles are messy miracles are messy, right? We talked about how God, just show me how you're going to do this. Show me what what you're going to do. I just want to see, right? Just let me see, right? And he goes to a blind man who's never seen. From the moment he came out of his mother's womb, he never saw. He couldn't see his mother. His eyes weren't blurry and then became focused. He couldn't see the dirt, the sun, the sky, nothing. He's been blind since birth. And then Jesus does a miracle and it's messy. It's a messy miracle. I want to read to you out of Genesis 2, 7. It says, the Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground. He breathed the breath of life into the man's nostrils and the man became a living person. All right. Here's when you need to start getting your pens out. Okay. Get ready to take notes, right? Miracles are messy and we want miracles our way. God, do this, do it this way. God, I want this and I want it this way on this timeline, right? We set up criteria for God. And then when he doesn't meet that criteria, we're mad. You know, forget God, forget church, forget all this. Because God, I've got my plans, my way, and you're gonna do it my way. God does not work like that, ever. You can read the whole Bible frontwards and backwards, and he never does that. God is always on his timeline, and it's never our timeline, right? And miracles are messy, right? Jesus took the lowest form of man, which is dirt, which is dirt, right? Jesus took the lowest form of man. He spits in the dirt. Now, how many of y'all like crime TV shows? You, you watch like NCIS or, or, you know, anything like that. And you, you know a crime scene, you know if there's spit, right? You know what that means, DNA, 
right? We're getting DNA, right? Now think about how Jesus took the lowest form of man, which is dirt, and he mixed it with his DNA, with his DNA, and he rubbed it onto the man's eyes. Now I got to I gotta make sure I stay on point, okay, because I'm going to jump ahead to the real good stuff. He mixed it with the lowest point, the lowest form of man. The Bible says when we die, we return to the dust from which we came, right? He mixed it with that lowest form. See, anytime you mix Jesus, you mix his DNA with the lowest form of yourself, that's a recipe for a miracle, Right, see, the lowest part of you, the junk, the stuff you don't want anybody to see, the stuff you hide, your messes, your screw-ups, when you throw Jesus into that mixture, you begin to stir up a recipe for a miracle. Right, but the devil convinces you, wait, get your life together, get these things under control, try to fix this, fix that, do this, do that, and then maybe God will do something. Right, maybe God will do something. But listen, when you mix Jesus With the lowest part, the worst part, the bad, the ugly, you get a recipe for a miracle. And let's just read it again. I want to read that part to you. This is John 9, 6 through 7. It says, then he spit on the ground. Jesus spit on the ground, made mud with saliva, spread mud over the blind man's eyes. He told him, go wash yourself in the pool, right? Which means scent. So the man went and washed and came back seeing. Okay, now just think about this. Jesus makes mud. He, he, he gets dirt. He hawks a loogie in it, right? Rubs it up and rubs it on some guy's eyes. Okay. That did not heal him. He was still blind. And Jesus told him, hey, go wash yourself. He walked to that pool blind. He sent him to that pool blind. The saliva. Think about the woman with the issue of blood. Bam, she touches Jesus. She's healed, right? But Jesus said, hey, I want you to go wash yourself, right? The mud, right? Jesus's DNA with the lowest form of man was just the recipe, right? The other day we made some brownies, right? I went and bought some like Betty Crocker, you know, the the brownies you, you mix up, you know. When I flipped the box over, it said 55 minutes to cook. I'm like, seriously, we haven't, we got science. It takes 55 minutes to cook brownies. Like, can't we like improve this process? That is way too long to wait for brownies, right? That is for, that's like an hour. I'm going to be over my brownie kick by the time they're done, right? And so it was just the recipe. They still had to go into the oven to cook, right? They still had to go in the oven to cook. It was just a recipe for the miracle. The miracle happened when he, when the man, when the blind man walked in obedience to Jesus's instructions, right? He said, go walk yourself. The man had to walk, wash himself. Then he came back seeing. Right now, there are many of you here this morning that are walking in the recipe of your miracle, but you have not walked in obedience, The recipe is on your eyes and you're walking blind waiting for God to do something. But he says, I've already sent you. You need to walk in obedience. We need to walk out what God has done. James 1.22 says, but don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you are only fooling yourselves. Right? This is very famous, right? Don't just be hearers of the word, but be doers of the word. We want our miracle on our terms, our way. 
We want God to hurry up, and I don't want it to inconvenience me in any way. Just hurry up and get it done so I can move on. Right? That can be our tendency. That can be uh, even the, the culture that we're raised in. We can act that way. And we can say, God, just, just do it this way. But see, God is giving you instructions. God is telling you what to do. And you have to begin to walk in that and follow his instructions. Because that's when the recipe begins to kick in. That's when the recipe begins to bake. And that's when the miracle happens. You may have the recipe for God's miracle, but it's time for you to walk in instructions and follow what he's told you. Now, you may be sitting there and thinking, like, oh, that's great, but I wish I knew what God was telling me to do. I wish I knew what his instructions were, right? Okay, easy thing. Always go to God's word. Always, always, always go to the Bible. Open up your Bible and begin to read, right? Start in the New Testament. Okay, write, read all of the letters that Paul wrote to the church, Okay, and begin just to try to walk that out. Read First and Second Timothy. They're very short. Timothy's a young pastor, and, and Paul is writing these letters to him to encourage him. It will rock your world. You know what it makes me think? I'm not even a Christian, right? You think, dear God, I'm not even serving God. We're not even having church. I don't know what this is, but you know, my greatest fear is I'm going to get to heaven. And Jesus is going to say, I don't know what y'all did every week, but that was not church, right? And if you're like, what are you talking about? Go read your Bible. Okay, read first and second Corinthians, read Titus, read Timothy, right? And it, it'll, it'll blow your mind. Always look to God's words if you're looking to instructions, right? The next thing you could do is ask Jesus in prayer. Go in prayer. Say, God, we're, I'm believing for this miracle. What do you want me to do? Then listen. Be quiet. Give God time to speak. Maybe listen to some worship music. Maybe just pray in the spirit, pray in tongues, and, and just listen to God and let him speak to you. And, and the thing is, I heard a pastor say one time, the first thing you hear is, is 90%, it's God. 90% of the time, the first thing you hear in your heart is God, right? It's not you. Oh, you know, when you think, oh, that's just me, that's the devil telling you it's just you and just listen because it's God. Right? You think, well, I don't hear God. Just pray, get quiet, listen. The first thing that comes to your mind, that's usually God. Right? And, and, and if, if you think, well, I don't know if it's God, go back to the word. Does it line up with God's word? You're having trouble with your marriage, you pray, and you think, I should just get a divorce. That's not God. Right? That's not in his Bible. Right? That's not in his word. That's not in his instruction. So if you ever have it and you think, well, I can't read the whole Bible and know everything, pick up the phone, call Pastor Rusty. Right? He studied it for over 35 years. He knows pretty much, you know, you could call and say, hey, do you think this lines up with God's word? He'd quickly say yes or no. Right? And so you got to walk in God's instructions. You got to do what God tells us to do. We can't live our own lives and live our own way and do our own thing, but beg God for a miracle. He put that on the man's eyes. He covered it up and said, now go wash yourself, right? Walk over and wash yourself. It's like, hey, God, can't you just get it done? I'd like to see where I'm going. Why do you want me to walk in by? Think how he had to walk in trust. You know, he can't see. Now, he's never been able to see, so it's nothing new. But he had to walk in that blindness. And a lot of us right now in your miracle, your eyes may be covered. And God is saying, hey, do this and trust me. And you're like, no, God, I have to see. I have to see it. I have to see the miracle. I can't trust. I can't walk in this. And you have to go into prayer. You have to get into your word. You have to get in church. You have to get encouraged. You have to strengthen your faith by hearing the word of God so that you can walk in faith, so that you can walk that out. Because you may be in the recipe for your miracle. Now, 
I want to finish the story. Now, this is John 9, 13 through 34. We're going to read through quite a bit. And this talks about what happens after he washes himself. He goes back. We know that we just finished and they said, hey, who healed you? He said, that guy named Jesus. They said, where is he? He said, I don't know where he went. So let's jump into John nine thirteen. It says, then they took the man who had been blind to the Pharisees. Now, the Pharisees were just religious rulers. They, they ran the synagogue. Uh, anything that happened like a miracle or anything like that, uh, they, they took them. That's who you would go to. Uh, because it was on the Sabbath that Jesus had made the mud and healed the man. So the Sabbath was Saturday. They weren't supposed to do anything. You weren't supposed to work. You couldn't do anything on the Sabbath, right? Jesus got ridiculed all the time for doing stuff on the Sabbath. So people are like, whoa, whoa, great. You can see that's awesome. But he really should have done this on Monday, right? They wanted it their way. This did not happen the way it's supposed to happen. Right? We wanted it done a certain way. This is against our rules. This is against society. This is against the culture. And we don't like it that Jesus did it this way. That's what they're all thinking. Right? The Pharisees asked the man all about it. So he told them, he put the mud over my eyes, and when I washed it away, I could see. Some of the Pharisees said, the man Jesus is not from God, for he is working on the Sabbath. He's working on the day off, so he can't be from God. Right? They immediately try to discredit what happened, discredit the miracle, because it did not happen the way they wanted it to happen. All right? The man, the man Jesus is not from God, for he's working on the Sabbath. Others said, so other Pharisees are like, but how could an ordinary sinner do such miraculous signs? So there was deep division and opinion among them. They're all arguing. Right? Then the Pharisees again questioned the man who had been blind and demanded, what's your opinion about the man who healed you? The man replied, I think he must be a prophet. The Jewish leader still refused to believe the man uh, had been blind and could now see. So they called his parents. Right? There's going to be plenty of people who are not going to believe your miracle. They're not going to believe it. They're going to tell you, oh, it was this, oh, it was that. You know, when, when pastor gets up and says his heart valve is a miracle, no, pastor, that's modern science and medicine. That has nothing to do with God. Right? That's what they're doing. Right? The fact that they even found it is a miracle. That they went from Tulia to Plainview to Lubbock and said, hey, your heart, you know, and every doctor came in and said, we usually find this when we cut you open on a metal table because you're dead from it. And they all want to know, how'd you find it? What'd you do? What'd you hear? What'd you feel? What'd you, you know, and it's like, they, they're doing the same thing. Well, we don't believe you. You weren't blind. You nitwit, right? You could see, you liar. That's exactly what they did. So they called his parents. They asked them, is, your, uh, is this your son? And was he born blind? If so, how can he now see? His parents replied, we know this is our son and that he was born blind, but we don't know how he can see or was healed or who healed him. Uh, ask him. He's old enough. Like, he's a grown man. Right? Ask the guy. Right? We don't know. Uh, he, he's old enough to speak for himself. His parents said this because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders who would announce that anyone saying Jesus was the Messiah would be expelled from the synagogue. They're going to kick you out of church. Like, you can't come here anymore. That's why they said he's old enough, asking. For the second time, they called in the man who had been blind and told him, God should get the glory for this because we know this man Jesus is a sinner. These poor guys. Don't you think when they got to heaven and Jesus was there, they were like, oh, seriously? 
<laughs> right? Uh, I don't know whether he's a sinner, the man replied, but I know this. I was blind and now I can see. Right? I was blind and now I can see. Right? Sometimes don't question the miracle. Don't question the process. Just be like, I know it's coming. Right? I know it's coming and people are going to stand around you. It's not coming. It's not going to happen. You need to do this. You need to do that. And you know in your heart what God is directing you to do. You line it up with with the word. You line it up with scripture and you begin to walk that out. What do they they say? Well, I, I don't know. People. I mean, right? Verse 26. But what did he do? They asked. How did he heal you? He said, look. All right. I told you once, didn't you listen? Why do you want to hear it again? Do you want to become his disciples too? The dude's getting mad, right? He's ticked off. He's like, let me just go home. I want to get out of this stupid building. Go see the sky, right? Some clouds, right? Then they cursed him and said, you're his disciple. It's like toddlers, right? Annie has has an argument like that. I'll tell her, you know, you need to be quiet. You be quiet. You be quiet. I'm the adult here, right? And so, so they tell him, you know, uh, you're, you're his disciple, but we are disciples of Moses. We know God spoke to Moses, but we don't even know where this man comes from. Why, that's very strange, the man replied. He healed my eyes, and yet you don't know where he comes from. We know that God doesn't listen to sinners, but he is ready to hear those who worship him and do his will. Ever since the world began, no one has been able to open the eyes of someone born blind. If this man were not from God, he couldn't have done it. You were born a total sinner, they answered. Are you trying to teach us? And they threw him out of the synagogue. At no point would they ever, would they ever let up. And no point would they say, well, I mean, you know, he's like, hey, God doesn't listen to sinners, right? If this guy is worshiping the devil, he couldn't do this. You might be in the midst of your recipe for a miracle. You might be getting to the point where, where God's getting ready to cover up your eyes for a season. And you need to walk that out in instructions. And what I want to encourage you with is not everybody's going to be happy. Not everybody's going to be excited, right? Everybody in this room needs a miracle. But if someone over here gets it, someone over here is mad. Because God, why are you doing that for them and not for me, right? Or, or, or that's not a miracle, that's just medicine. Or that's not miracle because you don't really know if you had cancer. They weren't for sure and now it's gone. But that's not a miracle, right? Don't be a Pharisee. Be a believer, right? Don't move into cynicism. Right? Open up your heart and believe. And I know why you don't. You've been disappointed. You've been hurt. Things haven't gone your way. Right, right, what you've been hoping for, your hopes have been crushed. But that's why we come to church together. We know you're all cut and bruised and beat to a bloody pulp from your week. And we're here to worship. We're here to have prayer. We're here to read the word so that you can be encouraged. So that you can know that your miracle is coming. Walk in obedience, walk in instruction, and people all through the process are going to try to discount it, disbelieve it. You know, my, my favorite one is, is now I have faith, but from what I can see, you ought to do this. That's the opposite of faith, right? We walk by faith, not by sight. That's what the Bible tells us to do. Right, But we want God to use these little eyeballs to show me. Show me what's going to happen. Show me what's coming. God says, no, I want to show your heart what's coming. 
Trust me, don't walk by this. Don't walk by what you can see. Walk by faith. God, I know you're going to come through. I know your hand is in this. My dad has talked about my grandfather who, who, who says he's not saved. He's not going to hell. I don't doubt it for a minute. He's going to heaven. Because I'm not going to walk by what I can see. I'm walking by faith. We're in the recipe for that miracle. And we're walking in instruction to see that come forth. The Bible says in Acts, because I'm saved, my whole household will be saved. Straight out of the word. Nobody in our household is going to hell because we serve the living God. Amen? Why don't you all bow your heads and we'll pray. Heavenly Father, we come to you right now in the name of Jesus. And Father, I thank you that we would trust you. That we would walk by faith and not by sight. Father, that we wouldn't lose our trust or lose our hope in you. Father, but we know we're in the midst of a recipe for a miracle. That when we mix you, when we mix Jesus Christ with our mess, that it's a recipe for a miracle. And Father, I pray that you would guide us right now today, this very moment. You would begin to reveal to us the instructions you have set forth. You would begin to reveal to us what you have told us to walk in. You would show us in our heart You would show us in our spirit the way. Just as you spoke to that man, go wash yourself, whatever we're supposed to do, I pray that we would hear it in our spirit today, that we would put our trust and our hope in you. Father, I come against right now anybody, any words that have been spoken, doubt and unbelief against our miracle, against our process, against our recipe. Well, the recipe's wrong. Well, this isn't right. Well, that isn't right. Right now in the power and the authority of Jesus Christ, Satan, we resist you. I resist all darkness. I resist all doubt and unbelief right now. I pray for our hope and our faith to be strengthened right now in the name of Jesus. And Satan, we resist you. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. Why don't you all go ahead and stand up.